0: Once again, we begin our Lenten season by gathering for the reception of ashes on our foreheads. With that, most, if not all of us, have probably been spending some time choosing some form of prayer or fasting or almsgiving that we want to begin, or some favorite food or activity we want to give up. But how could this Lent be a bit different for you and for me than in the years past? How might we choose to live, to see, to act differently in such a way that these 40 days of Lent may serve to move us in a different direction, a direction that has us living the marrow of the gospel? I think to do so may require us to revisit our image of God, the true image that we are created in, to really open our eyes is to who this God is that we believe in, this God who dwells within us. This past weekend, my wife, Teresa and I made our annual journey to Anaheim, California, along with some 40,000 other Catholics for the LA Religious Ed Congress. It's an opportunity to meet old friends and to sell some books and to listen to talks given by a variety of religious and spiritual leaders. One of my favorites is always the Jesuit Father Greg Boyle, who for some 30 years has provided the leadership to Homeboy Industries, world's largest and most successful training and mentoring programs for former gang members based in LA. In his talk, Greg told the story of, on a recent trip to Rome. He was with some 250 other Jesuits from around the world and they were there for a week-long series on social changes. And Greg explained that at the beginning of each day a different group of Jesuits were to lead morning prayer North American Jesuits South American etc On their final day together it was the African contingency it was their turn to lead the prayer He said and they did so by simply forming a circle and dancing Greg went on to say it was so foreign for me and for so many others And yet, it was an incredible and powerful reminder that we are only changed by God's dancing love and never God's annoyance or disappointment in us. Author and spiritual scholar Mirabai Starr recently wrote, once you find the God of love, fire all the other gods. In Isaiah, we hear the words, give comfort to my people. Speak tenderly. Theologian Meister Eckhart once wrote, No one is forgotten. It is a lie. Any talk of God that does not comfort you. See, all these insights remind us of the type and depth of God's love that when realized inherently must alter our course and thus compel us to live in the marrow of the gospel. For this is the God we actually had, But is this the same God that each of us have grown up believing in? So could this be the Lent where our notion of God may just evolve? Or are we just stuck like a rock that's stuck in a riverbed with water just rushing over getting washed away and worn down? Or is it time to let go of our old ways and instead be like the river? that rushes forward and expands and includes and widens and cleanses. No one is forgotten. It's a lie, any talk of God that does not comfort you. In his talk, Rick Boyle went on to say, you see, we think that the goal of life is union with God, but I don't think God agrees. Instead, God wants us to be united to each other in kinship This is God's dream come true. It is truly what the marrow of the gospel looks like. Greg went on to give the example, which personally I can relate to as I get older, when he was speaking about his mom who he recently buried. And when asked what she wanted for her birthday at Christmas, it was never a food processor or some other material thing. Instead, it was always, always, just have her kids and grandkids all together no matter where they were in their lives. Ultimate kinship, God's dream come true is no different than that, that you may all be one. So this Lent, it is great to arrive at some Lenten practice that leads to a self-emptying which creates fertile ground and sacred space for change. But I invite you this Lent to consider that change to be one in how you look at God and at each other. For all that we give up for Lent has nothing to do with changing God's mind about us. It's already made up. It's only filled with comfort and joy and love without measure and without regret. For we live the marrow of the gospel not by pointing out when improvements have to be made to other people, but by pointing out our wholeness when you see it. You can't be friendly with yourself and judgmental at the same time. So be friendly, be fully engaged. So I invite you to take that circle that you have around you and your immediate family, begin to widen that, to start to include others. Maybe even to the point where the lines start to blur and disappear. But the marrow of the gospel causes us to seek wholeness and not perfection. It calls us to integration, not segregation; harmony, not discord; unity, not divisiveness. In, close, I'm at, in closing, I'm actually reminded of that great lyric that we hear at Christmas time: "Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared." and the soul felt its worth. That, my sisters and brothers, is actually our job description. You and I need to appear to each other. We need to be welcoming. We need to be inclusive. We need to be nurturing. And when that happens, the wall that separates and divides us will disappear and we will become one. And that is how the marrow of the Gospels meant to be lived out. So maybe, just maybe, this Lent will be different for you and for me than in years past. We may be awakened to a renewed sense of living the marrow of the Gospel, which will allow a sacred encounter with one another, with the stranger, with the outcast, with the other person each of us needs to be reconciled to. And thus, be aware of God's abundant love and mercy, which is ever-present and never-earned. For indeed, no one is forgotten. It's a lie to talk of God that does not comfort you.